Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margot Moss. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. Tonight, we're at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room in the Irish Channel. The Tap Room is NOLA Brewing's on-site watering hole. They serve NOLA's regular lineup of craft beer, as well as eight specialty brews you can't get anywhere else. The Tap Room is open seven days a week, week, weekdays from 2 to 11 p.m. and weekends from 11 in the morning till 11.30 p.m. Well, friends, so glad you could join us. Each week on Midnight Menu Plus One, Margo and I invite a member of New Orleans' restaurant and food community to have a beer with us, and we invite them to bring along their own guest, the Plus One. We never know who the Plus One is going to be. Sometimes it's a friend, a neighbor, a family member, fellow restaurant colleague, or anyone else. Our special guest on Midnight Menu Plus One tonight is Nina Camacho from Jack and Jake's. Hey. Hi. Hey. Well, we're really looking forward to spending some time with Nina, but first, I'd just like to briefly catch up on this week's culinary adventures, Margo. You got anything worth reporting? Uh, well, I went back and ate at um, Boucherie. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. I haven't been there in a long time since they moved to their new building, and it was amazing. All really, right. really. What changed? Uh, just the venue. Huh. And, uh, but I, I had this crispy duck on banana bread oh with, with a foie gras in between. It was so good. Oh, wow. Like some kind of, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. Awesome. So. That sounds fantastic. That's, so that, okay, we should have ended with that instead of mine because mine's tragic. I have a tragic scoop to, <laughs> right. uh, to share with, with our listeners. I don't think this has made it on the blogosphere yet. Um, I just learned this today from the horse's mouth. Um, you know that if there was a perfect storm in New Orleans, political storm, for example, if Rob Morris uh, from the Uptown Messenger went on vacation and Offbeat Magazine's editor, you know, had a heart attack and there was no one there to be watching our politicians and it was Mardi Gras week and everybody was distracted and Stacey Head maybe went, you know, went on a family vacation and no one was there to watch them. Certain elements in our political establishment could finally get their way and ban all restaurants in the city except for um, chains, right? And if that was to happen and we had like a week left and there was only one week left to eat local New Orleans food ever again, you know it would be on my list for sure. Nino's, right? I talk about them all yeah, the time. Yeah, I yeah. love Nino's. My fa- <laughs> and, 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 and Grant just groaned because Grant and I, this is where our friendship flowered. We used to hang out there about once every week on Tuesday nights, and it's the best comfort food. It's so, 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 so good. They're one of the seven restaurants that was in my movie and all that, you know? And, and I just found out today his lease has ended, and he is shutting down in like two weeks. So what our listeners need to do is we need to, if you ever want to eat Nino's again, you need to go now, right away, run, don't walk, run to Nino's and eat there every meal, lunch and dinner for the, re- the next two weeks. Um, that's what I'm going to do, I think, okay. because uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I, this city will never be the same to me again. I mean, it's kind of tragic. I've been depressed all day hearing I'm about this. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I, I, I love him so much. Um, I don't know who's taking over Nino's lease. I've been asking that. It's funny you mentioned Boucherie because they're right next to it. And um, I know they've been subletting. I think they've been subletting part of his parking on the back. So maybe it has something to do with that. I don't know. But I'm not, I, I don't think anybody's to blame. I just think it's uh, – I know his lease is ending, and hopefully they're not going to put a – you know, hopefully uh, those political elements aren't going to get their way, and we're not going to get um, – we're not going to get, you know, an Applebee's or something there like some people would hope for in our city council. But, <laughs> but – um, and it, I don't think it was the cockroaches that did him in. Uh, you know, the windowsills have never been the greatest in Nino's, but the food is unbelievable, absolutely tremendous, and uh, I'm just sad to see him go. So um, I'm going to go give him a big hug and hope, hope maybe he'll reopen. Maybe he'll open something else in the city. That's what we can hope for. 
Anyway, enough of that because we need to switch to some good news. But the good news is we have Nina Camacho on our show. Yes, from uh, Jack and Jake's. And uh, Jack and Jake's is a unique food market that builds upon New Orleans historic traditions of public markets and introduces affordable, fresh food to an underserved population in a food desert in Central City. It is. Wow. We're like a couple blocks away from Cafe Reconcile, across the street from the New Orleans Jazz Market and the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. So we're right in the heart of a, a very new development there. So Kind of like Ferret was like two or three years exactly, ago. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know when Adolfo builds a restaurant, it's up and coming. Yes. So... So tell us a little bit more about uh, the, the concept behind what y'all are doing. And, uh. Well, um, John Burns, this is his brainchild. Uh, he came from a family of farmers, and he noticed that farmers will always throw away some perfectly good produce because they have no way to bring it to market and sell it perfect food so instead of trying to have the farmers try to sell it and grow it we'll sell it for them let them do what they do best which is grow perfectly good affordable food for everyone and we're focusing on bringing our food to schools they need it desperately hospitals and the underserved community so that's where we go yes and um what is what is the market going to look like and um, it's kind of hard to explain. I think you're just going to have to see it. Okay. Um, it's kind of like, sort of like a l- Pike's Market in Seattle, kind of like uh, Italy in New York, but without the prices. You know, okay. it's sort of like a Whole Foods kind of, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of different concepts, but we're the only one in the United States. Okay. Opening up. We will have restaurants in there. We're going to have an oyster bar. We're going to have a gastropub. We're going to have a healthy restaurant in there. We're going to have a, a Cajun butcher in there. So it, it's a lot of cool Wow, how much space there. is that? That sounds like a lot yeah, of space. That's about 40,000 square feet. Oh, that's big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And is it in a um, historic building It is. Over there? It's in the McDonough 38 building, oh. which turned into the Myrtle Banks building. In 2002, uh, the school had abandoned the property. 2008, it burned down to the ground, basically. The, the roof caved in, and all that was left were the brick walls and the marble staircase. So from there, it's been a renaissance because um, a lot of the shelving in there, we've repurposed all the wood that's been in there. Um, oh, it nice. looks really nice. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about that neighborhood in O.C. Haley. I didn't, uh, so Adolfo has a restaurant there now, he too? Does, and, he okay. will have a restaurant. We're okay, all what's building. That about? Um, okay. That's a Primitivo. All right. It's a meat-centric restaurant, and, and uh, Jared Rawls is part of that huh. uh, concept, too. So I, I can't wait for that. They just moved in their huge uh, uh, oven, I guess, meat-burning, meat meat-cooking oven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to describe that. They just moved that in there, too. So we're all going to open up about the same time. Excellent. Oh. And what is the projected? I mean, I know it's hard to say exactly I have to say in spring. Building. Spring? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, not summer and not next week. So, okay. yeah. And um, is there going to be any uh, teaching component in it? Like Definitely uh, an educational component. Anything that is not cement in the whole area will be edible landscaping. Ah. And we will have actually a seed bank up on our second floor that if you see uh. something you like on the grounds, you can go up and get the seeds from the seed bank, 
We're going to have a gar- gardener up there to show you how to plant it. You know, cause wow. me personally, I have a black thumb. So <laughs> it'll be really nice for a gardener to say, okay, look, you do this, you put the, you do not overwatch, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that too. So exciting. Oh, it's yes. going to be really span a lot of uh, different help a lot of different areas that there, there's a need for. Especially the schools. We plan on having a lot of field trips for this, you know, the kids to come in and, you know, what does a carrot really look like? You know, <laughs> you know, fig grove or a citrus grove. You know, we're going to have all of that there. Excellent. So, so is it sort of like a farmer's market then too? I it mean, is. It a seven-day-a-week okay. farmer's market right. with a lot of education behind it huh. um, and just affordable produce because it does not have to be expensive. So is it all going to be local, everything that We're you're selling We're trying to get as much local as possible, huh. yes. You know, local beers, of course. We're going to have NOLA here, of course. <laughs> NOLA oh, beers great. in there too. <laughs> cool, cool. Wow, so there's some zoning issues too. I guess you got to get a liquor license if you're going to have the right. beer. Right, I mean, like that's that. what we're working on right now to get all the permitting and a little bit of construction left. So we're almost there. And um, tell me a little bit more about the, um, the concept and, and who spearheaded this and how you got involved where, where you were. John Burns. Okay. Um, yeah, he's the one that this is his baby. Okay. And it took him actually seven years to this point to get this off the ground. But we actually have a, a big wholesale component to this, too. And Jack and Jake's retail market is kind of like the showcase to what we do, which is provide healthy, affordable food to the schools and hospitals. And you know. So y'all had been doing that before? Or is he that had been doing yes. Okay. It's just now that we have a retail space. So wh- where was he doing it before? Um, he was doing it from the North Shore. Oh. He had a wholesale from the North Shore. Oh. Yeah. So now how is it afford? Like we think you think of the farmers market as being you know obviously really healthy, um, and it's reasonably priced, appropriately priced, but it doesn't tend to be like much cheaper than like you wouldn't call it super affordable necessarily. So how is your stuff going to be affordable? You'll be surprised. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, because we're cutting out a lot of the middlemen by letting the farmers. We're helping the farmers bring it right to market. Right. So. There will be some things, I mean, there will be some things that are more expensive, but that's because it's coming from, you know, the northern part of Louisiana. You, you know, you just yeah. never know. But for the most part, it will be all affordable. And it's going to, it's in a, a great area, and it'll also be a destination for tourists. Definitely. And, um, since you have the education component. And yes, definitely. So it's it's for everyone. It sounds it like is. it's. It um, is for everyone, and we want everybody to feel comfortable to come in and learn about their food. I mean, to me, like, as an outsider, it's only been living in the city for nine years, and I know Central City's gone through all kinds of metamorphoses. You know, used to be a big, like, what, what's O.C. Haley now used to be, the like, a big uh, Jewish merchant section it in was, the 20s and 30s and so edge. forth. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's gone up and down, and, you know, most people think of it as down in the recent past, and, and now mm-hmm. it's on this upswing. Um, it's, it's, to me, it's kind of interesting because it's, like, right in the middle of the city. That's what's called Central City. Geographically, it's sort of in the middle of the <laughs> it bowl. Is. It is. And yet, it's been sort of this economic, uh, you know, certain, in terms of commerce, it's been sort of a desert. You know, you, you had to sort of leave Central City to go right. uh, get other things you need. And also, uh, no one's going into Central City from other neighborhoods to buy things. Yeah, they use it mostly it's as more a passage housing. between downtown and uptown. Right. But, I mean, it's so centrally located, it seems potentially... It could be really, you know, things like like this kind of place you're talking about that would be unique in the city, that would be a destination. They're easy to get to from any place in the city, really, because you're kind of in the middle. You're no more than 15 minutes from anywhere, right. probably, other than maybe you can the take, East or Algiers. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. take the streetcar there. The buses all stop right there. 
Right. We're looking forward to the hop on, hop off bus to go all up and down the, the boulevard. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, let me ask you about um, a little bit is your background. Where did you grow up and what was food like in, in growing I, up for you? I grew up, well, I mean, the friend I have with me, we kind of grew up together. Uh, my grandparents came over here in the 40s uh, to start the Philippine Consulate when uh, the Philippines had their independence. So we, they came to New Orleans on, in a freighter boat. Huh. They went through the Panama Canal, you know, from the Philippines to New Orleans on there. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that this is the oldest Filipino community, I think, it in is. the country is Actually, in the city of New yeah. Orleans. Yeah, uh, Manila Village down in Lafitte. That's, you know, from the 1600s. Yeah. So there's a lot of Filipino food there. So I grew up in Gretna. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just learning all about the food, growing it, you know, it's a lot of things. Now, I miss it now because I don't grow food like, I, you know, my parents used to. So it's nice to see all of that. Um, and my friend, Mark well, Kiros. Like good, yeah. Like good, yeah. Good segue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you introduce him and tell us why you brought him, who he is. And well, this this guy is my my oldest boyfriend in the whole wide world we were wow. let's see we we're friends since before we were born when our parents our our dads went to Tulane together and we're roommates and so we've known each other for a very very long time um yeah so uh, this is Mark Kiros he is uh he works with we heart veterans and vet attend there you go well, uh, tell us a little mm. bit about that. What 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 is uh, We Heart Veterans? Well, We Heart Veterans, yeah, we're we're a five hundred one c three nonprofit organization that um, provides home care to wartime veterans and their widows. And the way this all came about, we're in our second we're in our second year now. Um, and the way this all came about is about um, I guess six years ago, back in two thousand nine, I stumbled upon uh, an opportunity with what actually was a business opportunity to help veterans um, through a, a program that will pay for, for a, a caregiver in their home, a sitter, companionship, caregiver, et cetera, and it's paid for through a VA benefit. And so um, I had a partner at the time. We started this business doing that, providing home care. We started, we're, we're based in Mandeville. And um, what we found is that the criteria and the guidelines for the veterans and the widows to qualify for this VA benefit were, were pretty tight. So there were a lot that were falling through the cracks that we weren't able to um, provide care to. So um, last year, um, we came up with, uh, we finally were able to put together a program called We Heart Veterans, which would raise the money to provide care to those veterans who fell through the cracks. But not only that, with the the VA program, even for those that did qualify, um, we do their applications for them on the, on the vet attend side. We'll do that, their, their VA application for them. And it's still about a three- to six-month waiting process for them to get approved. So during that waiting period, we want to be able to provide some type of care to them um, so, because they need it right away. So the funds that we raise with We Heart Veterans is used to provide care during that waiting period as well as to provide care for those that don't qualify. And then mm-hmm. just this past few months, we expanded our mission to, to do other things like provide wheelchair ramps because um, quite a few of the, of the veterans and the families that we help are, are wheelchair bound. 
Um, so, so we want to be able to do that. And then the other thing is to provide a safety inspection for their home just to make sure that, and, and the main thing is tripping hazards. So we, we, we do an inspection to make sure there aren't any tripping hazards in the home, and then we'll install safety handles in their bathrooms, et cetera, wherever needed in order to, uh, to ensure their safety in the bathrooms because about 60% of the readmits into the hospital because of, is because of a trip and fall. Mm. And that's what we're trying to avoid with both of our both of our programs. So there's two components to this. There's two companies. One is VetAttend, which is our home care company. And then the other one is We Heart Veterans, which is our nonprofit. And basically it segues with, with VetAttend to provide the extra care that's needed, you know, for, for those veterans. Hmm. Can you, I, I don't understand what the word, you're saying VetAttend? Uh, that's the name of the company, VetAttend, V-E-T-A-T-T-E-N-D. Oh, oh, VetAttend. VetAttend, okay. yes. right, right. Okay. Are Great. you a veteran yourself? I'm not. I'm not. I have a, a business partner, John Sutton. Neither of us are veterans, but I do have family members and, and friends that are veterans. And, um, you know, I never had, I don't want to say I didn't have the opportunity to serve because I, I guess I could enlist. enlist. But, um, you know, I wasn't a, a draft age or anything, a draft age baby or anything like that. But the way I look at it with the service that we provide, this is our way of serving those who served. Oh. And it's, it's it really is a much-needed service. In Louisiana alone, there's um, over 300,000 wartime veterans and widows that are in need of this type of service. Wonderful. Now, b- back to your connection with each other, what, what did your dads do with Tulane that uh, got them uh, connected other than the fact they were both Filipino, I guess? Huh? No, it is, because okay. they're both Filipino. Okay. Yeah, but they were roommates, so Nina's, <laughs> Nina's dad was here first. They were roommates. Were they segregating them? What was that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that, know no, how that no, worked. No, we got two Filipinos so. on campus. We're going to put them in the same room. Well, no one think, else wants to room with the Filipino. I what think happened? your dad. No, yeah, my, your dad knew my uncle. Right? Okay. I don't and know. And my dad came <laughs> over here because, you know, his brother was here. Ah. Yeah. So that's how they all kind of knew each other, right? Yeah. And then and then one of the roommates was my mom's cousin, okay. and that's how my dad met my mom, was through that roommate. But what's oh. really neat is that, <laughs> is that Nina's dad um, and my dad are the same age. They're like what a month or a yeah, couple months a apart. Yeah, a few months apart. Yeah. And then Nina and I are the same age. I like, and she's I'm older, older than me. I'm she's, older. she's bossier and older. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bossier. But we, we've known each other. You know, I mean, I mean, the earliest recognition, the, the earliest remembrance I have is probably like three years old. Yeah. Or something like that. Wow. I think we stood in a wedding together. Yeah. You were the flower girl, and I was the ring bearer, and that's when we said we got married. You know. So. And Never so dated though, huh? No, no, nah. really. no. We've always just been friends. Not really. Yeah. What does that mean? Not no, really. No, no, we haven't. No, been we <laughs> <laughs> there was that time, and you know, <laughs> right? You don't know, have stories like that. What? No, <laughs> no. So, did both of your fathers stay in New Orleans? I yeah, mean, well, y'all. So, for most of most of their lives, right? Yeah, they were best friends. So, mm-hmm. for most of their lives, you know, and they're still both alive. They're eighty-two. Mm-hmm. My dad's 82. Mm-hmm. Is your dad 82 or 83 now? Uh, he just made 83. And both, both, of our, yeah. our, you know, both of our parents are still... So my dad you know, lives in Hawaii now. Yeah. And oh. my dad lives in Germantown. My mom and dad live in Germantown, Tennessee. Oh. So, so. Yeah. they're still all in contact. We would go on family Facebook. trips together on. to Florida, <laughs> Dauphin Island, before Dauphin Island was ruined by one of those hurricanes. Uh. You know, we did... And, and the thing about, like Nina was saying, back in the, in the late 60s, early 70s, the, the Filipino community in New Orleans was very, very close-knit. So, um, and it was, it was a fairly decent sized community. So there were a lot of families involved. So it was like almost every weekend, it was somebody's birthday. 
It was either somebody's birthday or somebody yep. was celebrating something. So we and were getting we together. All, yeah, by the lakefront, by the Mardi Gras fountain. Remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, rolling down the hills. Remember yep. that? Rolling down the hills. So, um, you know, so every weekend we were doing something with the families. And then, yeah. and then as and Nina and I are second generation, so as second generation um, started growing older, you know, I think, I think we kind of went our separate ways in some ways, you know. And now, of course, you know, my, my children barely know Nina's children but a lot of that also has yeah. to do geographically because as she said she's she's on the south shore we're on the north shore you know and i mean you know we hardly ever get to get get them together or anything like that well to me i mean the filipino community is a little like it, it, like the cuban community in new orleans in that like it has this long storied history here and all that it and does. now if you move here you you wouldn't you wouldn't even know it ever existed in a sense that it's sort of uh i don't know if it's because it's assimilated faster than other cities people intermarried more or if it didn't stay in one geography, it didn't have its own neighborhood. That was always true in New Orleans, yeah, I think. Like, yeah, even the early days, like, yeah. ethnicities didn't stick to one neighborhood very long. They ended up moving all across the city. Right, you're right. All and across the city. Unlike New York, where when I was a kid, it was still every neighborhood had, had an ethnicity almost, you know? Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Right. And that was partly because, you know, you didn't go in other people's neighborhoods, and it was a lot, it was a lot more segregated than New Orleans, I think, was in that uh-huh. way, you know? Right, right. Did I y'all, what, what did you experience growing up? Did you feel... Um, isolated and in, in, in a strong community I mean obviously you we ha- we did grow up in a very strong community but we all had our own identities I guess we yeah. we all went to different schools and you know we all went to different colleges a lot of people out the state right. and that's probably where they stayed you know they moved out of state for college and mm-hmm. you know they started their families there so yeah huh. a lot of our close friends that we grew up with they're a lot of them are out of state now uh. you know? Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. There's only one Filipino restaurant, I think, in the city of New Orleans within the city of. limits, right? There's about five of them. Really? They're all very What are the other ones? Yeah. I mean, really? we know about Milkfish, but what are the other ones? Well, that one is They're in the Burbs, Barone, though, somewhere, aren't they? CK's Hot Shop. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't yeah. know it was Filipino. Okay. To, yeah, he used to be the chef over at K-Paul's. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. I didn't yeah, know that was that Filipino. One, and then there's a there's two in the quarter. Shh, don't, don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> But, they do but it's not really Filipino it. cuisine, though, right? I mean, it's it does they cook other things, right? Yeah, they do cook other things, yeah. but it's owned by a Filipino. Owned by Filipinos, yeah. yeah. And they they'll make it on the side for you if you really that's want. That's nice. Uh, so. so there's cool. an influence, and to me, that's what's great about this city mm-hmm. is the influences. Yeah, it's all kind of maintaining that in the food and yeah. and yeah, yeah. And so. Christina at Milkfish is going to have a walkabout. She's going to have a Kamayan dinner next. Next Monday. Ah. What's, what's that date? The 13th, I okay. think it is. April 13th. April 13th on Monday. Okay. Um, and it's uh, banana leaves on the table and everything's in the middle and you eat with your hands. Nice. Yep. So, oh, God, those are so fun. I <laughs> love milkfish. Have you been yet? I'm going next week with a Filipino friend who loves it. It's her favorite restaurant. So she's biased, but I, yeah. but I, I well, trust her. No, it's but my favorite restaurant, too. When I have, you know, when you're I really... You're biased, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, when I really want some good Filipino food and I don't want to cook it myself, I, I can go over Now, there one of my best friends um, grew up in the Philippines, and he, and he particularly is not a huge fan of Filipino food, but he loves the ice cream. He says like, the ice cream there is like really cool. Have you heard that before? Yes. They say Filipino yeah. ice cream is like very different than other people's it ice cream. Is, like, 
Why? Coconut ice cream. Well, I've only been there twice, and the last time it was like I was nine years, no, 11 years old. So you liked all ice cream at that point. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It didn't matter what it was. They do have their favorites. And I'll tell you, Filipino cuisine's different. Well, you know, if you look at all Asian cuisines, they're all pretty much different from each other. Yeah. You know, Thai has their has their uh, their flavor, and then Chinese food, and then Vietnamese food. Well, Filipino's the same way. It's not like any other. It's hard to explain when somebody asks me. Well, it's kind of Chinese and kind of Malay and kind of Spanish, right? And oh it's, yeah. it's it's a little blend of everything. They use a lot of spam from the the American influence from the war. Mm-hmm. So spam's huge over there. Spam fried rice and oh my god, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell you, if you're if you're in the middle of the night, if you're starving and you don't want to spend a lot of time cooking, get a can of spam, slice it thin, fry it. Fry and then it. serve it with rice and, and soy sauce. I'm telling you, it's, it's awesome. Or a fried uh, egg yeah. or in between two pieces of bread. You know? <laughs> uh, well, I know uh, Filipinos were famous for their service, too, like in terms of like um, wait service. Because I know the White House um, dining room, the fine dining, is, it was for years. I think it's recently ended. But for like since World War II, I think, it had always been almost all Filipino well, Americans. Well, the executive yeah. chef is a Filipina. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Still is for a very long time, over 20 years. So. Huh. Uh, Didn't you um, do a fundraiser I last did year? in 2012. To, uh, oh gosh. NOLA Chef's okay. Aid for the Philippines. That's after oh. the typhoon. Hi, on. Oh. Yeah, so we had 40 chefs from all around, and it was very nice because I had asked them if they could do their take on a Filipino dish. So, you know, to have Frank Braxton do, yeah. uh, you know, some curry curry, which is an oxtail stew. It's amazing. It's like Frank wow. Braxton did a curry curry. You know? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So we had quite a few chefs who they went outside of their comfort zone and they made some amazing Filipino yeah, food. Yeah, that was a wonderful uh, event. I was Thank not you. able Thank to you. make it, but I have family members who went and it was a great experience and they felt really good about yeah, you know, and being able all the to money contribute. went directly to the Philippines without anybody, t- any government taking money from it or anything. It went mm. directly to the people that needed it. Wonderful. So, yeah. Well, I think we need to take a break for just a moment, Margo, and, uh, and thank our sponsors of, for tonight's show before we continue the conversation. Thank you tonight to the NOLA Brewing Tap Room, the watering hole of the NOLA Brewing Company on Chapatula Street and the Irish Channel, where you can get all of NOLA Brewing's beers plus another eight specialty beers you can't get anywhere else. And uh, let me tell you all about our friends at Petite Pet Care. While you're at work or on vacation, you don't have to board your pet. He can stay in the comfort of his own home. For loving care when you're not there, Petite Pet Care. Find them at PetitePetCare.com. And thanks, too, to Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. Very appropriate sponsor for the show. Go to the (laughs) Hangover Destroyer website hdestroyer.com that's hdestroyer.com right midnight menu in the coupon code and you get 30 that's three zero percent off your order of hangover destroyer and seize the dawn okay well it's time to go to off the menu so this is a part of the show where ray and i get to ask you each a question you, you might no- not normally get asked or or only after a lot more drinks or, or if pot was legal or something like that. So, um, uh, Ray, do you have a question for our plus one here? Uh, okay, yeah, let me think. Um, how about this? Um, so the scenario that I spelled out before, uh, you know, uh, 
Rob Morris goes on vacation and blah blah blah, and the city council gets their way, and there and uh, the, the elements among them that want to see all our local restaurants destroyed. And so we have you have a you have a week left uh, to eat uh, anywhere you want in the city, but then after that you're going to be stuck at um, it's going to be all chains after that. So uh, what are the first three places that come to mind that you'd uh, you'd want to eat at within the city limits? Okay, well number one is going to be Camellia Grill. All right. You know, I grew up uptown during my college years and nice. a little bit during high school, and that was just a, a staple for me going over there. What do you get there? Um, I get Usually it's one of the omelets, you know, and cool. it's, it's got to have chili on it. You nice. know, back in the day, they don't have it anymore, but back in the uh, 80s, you could get that cannibal sandwich or the whatever it was, the cannibal <laughs> sandwich. It was, I don't know, supposedly the meat was raw or something like that. Um, but anyway, so that, that would have to be one. The other one... Um, is a sushi restaurant in Metairie called Cano's. Have y'all ever been there? Mm. So the best. Is it great or what? Elvis. Yeah. Uh, well, let me tell you. There, they have this appetizer there. It's a, uh, it's it's a it's a and what kind? Of, what is it? It's a squid. It's a squid appetizer. And the way they fry it or cook it, I don't know what they do with it. You eat it, and I swear it, it's a different texture. It's more crunchy, and it tastes like bacon. Now, now, people say, "Well, why don't you just eat the bacon? Just eat bacon." But the thing, <laughs> you know, everybody loves bacon, right? Yeah, but, but it's got to be with something. It is really. I go there right, just for so that appetizer. Sushi, All right, right I've yeah. never had that. Yeah, it's awesome. I yeah. have my little things I like. So over get there, the get the um, the eel. I mean, the uh, squid appetizer over All there. All right, squid appetizer. Yes, right. squid bacon. Okay. Yeah, and then the third place. My gosh. Um, you know that is hard. So yeah. are we talking on the South Shore? Yeah. Uh, Anywhere he lives on the North Shore. Well, you know. Well, okay, you want to say Orleans? You know, my, my my favorite my favorite cuisine is Vietnamese. I love Vietnamese. I yeah. just think it's just so fresh and delicious, and you know it is good for you. But um, I would say that um, out of all the Vietnamese restaurants that I've eaten, and the one on the West Bank, um, what's, what is it, Tandin? Yes, Tandin. Oh. I love Tandin. Nice. Have you? Yeah. The, I don't know what it's called, but it's just the fried rice, the round coconut mm-hmm. fried rice. Yes. That just comes on the side yeah. of dishes. And it's kind of chewy and yeah. kind of, oh, yeah. Uh, well, my favorite dish, Vietnamese dish, is the bumbaway. Do you know what that is? Uh-uh. The bumbaway is like a pho, but it's a spicy pork pho. And nice. it's, it comes out red. So um, I have some friends that we, you know, we used to go eat at, at a North Shore Vietnamese restaurant, and it's, it's pretty spicy. And it has tendon in it. I mean, if you like weird food and stuff like that, it's got all that stuff in it. But um, we would go eat there, and there would be like four or five of us guys eating there. And what we would do is we had a bet. Whoever coughed first had to pay for the bill. <laughs> so, and you couldn't drink water until somebody coughed. And once you know, you, coughing's almost all psychological too, right? <laughs> yeah. As soon as like one person coughs in the room, then everybody else starts coughing, you know, and stuff like that. So that's what you start thinking. I can't yeah. cough. I can't cough. Oh well, that's we used to put cough, we used yeah. to put our hand or our fist up to our mouth and pretend like we were going <laughs> to cough, yeah. you know, <laughs> provoke the other one. Exactly. Kind of like getting somebody to go off sides. Exactly. Football, yeah. Yeah. So those are probably the three the three places I would I would go to. Nice. Well, good all answers. Right. I love that. Very very good. Very good, uh, very good Mark. Very all right. good. All right, Nina. Your question is not so. I, I'm a little more like emotional and oh, so okay. I'm glad uh, I didn't get those questions. So I want to know what you value most in a relationship. Of course she has to ask me when I'm not going out with anyone right now. <laughs> well, that's good. Maybe somebody will, uh, yeah. we get, we might be a friendship. It doesn't have to friendship. be. I mean, just let's what, see. Or maybe um, we find you, uh, a partner off yeah the show. that would <laughs> <laughs> uh what mo- friendship actually to be to be cherished what are you doing to be cherished oh. 
That's what I very in a in a relationship is to be cherished. Okay. Respected and cherished. All right. All right. That's sweet. see, was that that was a good answer, right? It's a great answer. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you. I let her off the hook. Do, do I have to ask something about sex easy. or no, something? That okay. was easy. God. Yes, that was so easy. No, it wasn't. I was. Okay. Listen, I was. Would you have said <laughs> No. <laughs> let me tell you what I was gonna ask, and then I was feeling guilty. Go ahead. About oh, asking something so silly. Two for one special. Let's might as well just ask it. I was she gonna ask go her if she would be willing to not bathe brush her teeth and wear deodorant for three months if somebody would donate um, $20,000 to the nonprofit of her choice. That's a horrible question. And you question. couldn't tell. Exactly. <laughs> so this one and was I much would nicer. Say I could raise it faster than three months. So What's that? <laughs> what? I could raise it faster than three months. You wouldn't have to stink for yes, three months. Like, oh, give me nice. money so I, don't, uh, so I can bathe. Okay. Oh, <laughs> see? She was damned if she does that. If she said yes, then she'd have to do it. If she said no, she seems like a cheapskate. <laughs> but she found a way out. That's great. Ta-da. Oh, that's that's brilliant. Now, any guys who are listening to that, come on, you know, she's she's smart and uh, and she just wants to be cherished. That's Aww. it. And a beautiful girl too. Oh, yeah. thanks, yep. Mark. He has to say it. He's my friend. And she looks like she's 29. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I, somebody told me once with speaking, they say speak as long or short as you want, as long as it sounds like it was 12 minutes, you know. So be as old as young as you, you know, just as long as you look 29. I can you control huh? that? Can okay. you control that? <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Unfortunately for you me. You made me forget my next question, right, and it was, I, I can't remember it. I think, oh, I think I was going to ask y'all if either of y'all ever left New Orleans and came back. Oh, that's a good question. I did. I, I did, did too. Yeah. yeah. I, I lived in Chicago for a year, and then I lived in San Francisco for eight years. Those are great eight places years. to be. Very good but places. But you wanted Very to be here even more. Very foodie places, too. Well, I came back for family. Oh. You always come back to family, mm-hmm. right? Oh. Yeah. So. I did the same thing. I lived in Denver for less than a year. Uh, in Denver, you know, it's a nice city. Um, but I tell you what, I, the, the minute that I stepped off the plane in Denver, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, how am I getting back to New Orleans? <laughs> right. And it, it took me about eight, nine months. I, was, I wasn't gone as, as long as Nina. But I was very, very homesick. Very homesick. Uh, yeah. So. But you both tried and, and y- you, you tried had to come it? back. No place I, like I went home. to a mall for like two hours this week and I felt that way. I was like, oh my gosh, I need, <laughs> I need to get to back to home. New Orleans. Get me out of the mall. All right. Well, Nina, what did you do in those eight years in um, in those eight years? San Francisco. Um, you were in Chicago for eight years? Or I San was Francisco? in Chicago. Uh, I was a visual merchandiser, visual director over there. And then I moved it to... California and San Francisco, and I was a foodie over there too, a beginning foodie, a budding foodie. Uh, so there are some amazing Korean restaurants there oh, yeah. that you can just—I mean, they—you can cook right in front. Of, and there's only one place here that does, that has that. That's Little Korea. Well, two, um, Little Korea. Yeah, we've had Little yeah, Korea on our show. Yeah, right. We have. They're yeah. good food. I That's, just that had that a couple nights episode. ago. <laughs> so they, I mean, it's not as big that, as in San Francisco. They almost Francisco. killed me, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, there was, was, that gla- was there glass? Was stop. That was not <laughs> Little Korea. No, but the guest was Little Korea. Uh, Nina, aren't you affiliated with the American Culinary Federation? Oh um, yes, I'm. I'm on their executive board. The American Culinary Federation of New Orleans has an event called the Best Chefs of Louisiana. Uh, this is something that we do every year, and um, actually, this next one is on April seventh uh, of this year, and um, we have forty of the best chefs around Louisiana, Shreveport, Baton Rouge, um, 
Lake Charles uh, and pastry chefs and new chefs in, around the city and uh, the state. Uh, and we just want to let everybody know that there's more to chefs than the ones you see on TV all the time. Mm -hmm. There are some very good chefs that put their heart and soul into their food, and we want to recognize them for that. Okay, great. And, and what does the event, um, what do the proceeds go to? It goes half to Children's Hospital and the other half to culinary scholarships for budding culinarians. Excellent. Yes. And uh, will you tell our listeners um, how they can learn more about the Federation and the event? Okay. That's acfno.org. They can find out, or they can go on Facebook or on Twitter. We're um, Best Chefs of Louisiana. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. If you can make it, it's good. If you can't, donating would be great. Okay, wonderful. And, um, Mark, um, did you – we wanted to hear a little bit about any events that you are um, – that's coming up for you in the future. Sure, sure. Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, We Heart Veterans is in our second year, and we have our second annual fundraiser on Saturday, April 18th. Um, from 4 to 7 p.m., and it's on the North Shore in Mandeville, the beautiful Mandeville Lakefront at the Barley Oak. And uh, tickets are $75 a couple or $50 per person. Um, there will be, you know, food and drinks. A lot of the uh, local restaurants from the North Shore are going to be out there um, either preparing food or serving food. Like who? Um, well, we've got uh, Trey Inn. We've got uh, Tommy Wong's going to be out there from Trey Inn uh, doing one of his dishes. We have, um, and I don't know all, we have, we have the broken egg. That's going to be out there. Um, I know. I know one of the barbecue companies are out. There, one of the barbecue, mm -hmm. and I, I can't remember which one. But just different companies that'll be out there. And can we show up, or can, or do we get tickets in advance? Well, you know what? Um, the best thing to do is just to show up at the door. So, okay. and that that the, the prices that I gave you are going to be your your door pro, you know your door uh, okay. cost. Um, we have uh, live music with the Rick Sampson Project. There is a uh, a really strong cover band on the North Shore called Four Unplugged, which is you know very popular. But a lot of the uh, members of of the uh, of the Rick Sampson Project, they are some of the original members of that band. Um, we'll have the mayor of Mandeville there to, to to do the opening ceremonies, and then we have um, we have raffles for door prizes, et cetera. And then we'll also have a live auction and a silent auction. Um, a couple of the auctions that will items that we'll be having for the live auction, we have a um, one of the flags that um, that basically accompanied uh, one of the Navy t the Navy t uh, Navy SEAL Team Six wow. uh, on some missions. We've got a uh, Las Vegas trip, like a three day Vegas trip. We have uh, because all disabled veterans need to go do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, we do that. Yeah. So. <laughs> the money's going to go. And they stay it. home and cry because they can't do that anymore. <laughs> That's no, right. Well, and then the other thing that we 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 have a <laughs> we have sorry. a we have a Kentucky bourbon. Uh, uh, trip, you know, where they get to go to, to Kentucky and I guess visit some of the uh, bourbon distilleries, etc. Oh, that's a fun. Can we also people have a Napa bid? Valley do you have to bid online or is it there? It's going to be there. It's going to okay. be a live auction there, it's and then we also there. we also have silent auction on some some other items as well. Okay, great. That's, that's I went last year. There's some wow. really good prizes yeah. on Incredible. there, and the food's amazing. So and I'll tell you what, cool. from, from a historical standpoint and a sentimental, sentimental standpoint. Um, the, the, the book, um, there's a book that, and I can't remember the name of it, so forgive me, but, um, it's about the Enola Gay, which is the, uh, the, the bomb, the bomber that dropped the A-bomb, yeah. um, over, uh, Hiroshima. Right. And the, all four of the pilots that were in that plane yeah. have autographed this book. Oh, cool. It's an wow. autographed book. Yeah. So that'll be up for auction as well. I think that's out. Isn't that California, the plane, I think? 
Uh, used to be I, out in I California at a museum there. Yeah. So um, why don't you give us uh, a link to your website? It w it'll be on our show, but uh, tell us the website for your sure. Uh, it's um, it's www.wehrtvets.org, and you can also visit us on Facebook, We Heart Veterans, um, and we're also on Twitter. So if you're out there, please follow us on, on Facebook and on Twitter. We have a lot of good information about some of the sponsors and some of the donors that are, that are donating to the event. Excellent. So one thing I want to mention about, uh, about Weed Heart Veterans, too, is that um, my, John Sutton and, and myself, we founded the organization two years ago, and we, we don't take any salaries out of that. This 100%. Wow. Or I don't want to say 100% because there's always some administrative costs and things like that. But the majority of the, of the funds that we raise is used to take care of the veterans, mm -hmm. either through providing them with care, or like I said, we're going to be doing wheelchair ramps and safety inspection, and doing the uh, the uh, safety handles in their bathrooms and in their home, etc. That's, That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, y'all, unfortunately, it looks like we've run out of time, and we want to thank you both for joining us so much on Midnight Menu Plus One. Thank you. We know that you. uh, your time is precious, and y'all are both working on great things. So. Um, we just want to thank you again. And, uh, and our special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One was Nina Camacho, and her plus one was Mark Kiros of We Heart Veterans. And um, thank you so much. You can find out more about both of our guests and much more by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. Thanks to Petite Pet Care and Hangover Destroyer and also NOLA Brewing Tap Room for the awesome beer this evening. The NOLA Brewing Taproom is open seven days a week. You can come here anytime, or you can join us back here next week for another Midnight Menu Plus One taping. We look forward to seeing you next week. Till then, I'm Margo Moss. And I'm Ray Kanata. Good night. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.